Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. If you've listened to our mini series podcast before, you'll know what a great opportunity they are to get to know the leaders in our industry, to ask challenging questions, and to really get stuck into some of the most thought-provoking topics in supply chain right now. They are just so fascinating. And our new mini-series in partnership with Tealbook is no exception. Called Lessons Learned from Crisis is a timely look at how individual businesses and our industry as a whole need to learn to adapt and use our findings to inform our future. Over the next four episodes, we'll be taking a closer look at the importance of data, managing risk, technological advancements, what COVID-19 has taught us about weathering the storm and how Tealbook can support your business through good times and bad. Today in episode one, Bad Data will be talking, uh, taking a closer look at Tealbook, the impact of poor supplier data and some of the biggest lessons learned from the COVID-19 crisis. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Hi, thank you, Sarah, for having me. Yes, I am really excited to have you on the show today. You and I met probably two years ago, and we've been wanting to work together ever since. So why don't you start telling us a little bit about yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what is the one thing that would surprise people about data? So as you mentioned, I'm Stephanie Lapierre, and I'm the CEO of Tealbook. And I, what I would say that surprise, that would surprise people the most about data is that it's not as hard as you think to have good data. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> I think the market sort of, in a way, gave up a little bit. They understand. I think everyone agrees that data is really, really important. Um, but I think it's been traditionally so difficult, nearly impossible um, to get good data easily that, that I think it's almost like people have given up. And one of my favorite questions when I present at conferences is typically I start by asking, raise your hand if you have some confidence in the quality and the completeness of your supplier data today. And I'm not necessarily talking about transactional data, not even potentially spend data, but all the information that you should know about who you do business with. And every single time people laugh and they look around and nobody raised their hands. And so, and then when you ask, you know, raise your hand if you believe that good quality and complete supplier data is absolutely critical to your digital transformation, you get 100% of people raising their hands. And to me, it just yeah. highlights this enormous gap in the market and obviously, you know, um, a little bias, but talking about a solution that's not nearly as hard as what traditionally has been, you know, done to try to harness, synchronize, unify data so that people in the organization and the organization itself has access to good data to drive better and faster decisions. Absolutely. I love that. You know, that's such a good example and such a great contrast to really show people what we're going to be talking about in this series. So why don't you tell us a bit more about how Tealbook began and, you know, how has that history led you to where you are now? Well, it became with this, I mean, there's a lot of inspiration that sort of put all the pieces of the puzzle together, but really the inspiration came from um, my own experience uh, building procurement functions for hyper growth companies. And prior to that, I was working with very large organizations who were quite sophisticated and mature in their procurement function, 
who were hiring my strategic sourcing and procurement consulting firm to start formalize and build value add strategic sourcing function when that that function was started to become more formalized out of procurement. And so it gave me the opportunity to see, you know, quite sophisticated procurement function and the struggles and the friction uh, of procurement and then also building procurement from the ground up, which is quite exciting when you have a clean slate and you have a vision of what procurement can be if it was truly enabling, transparent and scalable and, um, and what I saw is that even with this really commendable vision is that very quickly we couldn't do it because as you introduce system to the organization to address different parts of the buying process or the supply relationship or supply chain, you ended up creating a little bit of data in multiple systems that was really, really difficult to maintain without a lot of services and internal resources and dependency on suppliers and also, how do you map that data to each other so you can have a unified, dynamic view of your suppliers? And still then, you're kind of only limited to what you know, if you could even do that properly. And most organizations would say that, that that process is nearly impossible, especially when you have tens to hundreds of thousands of suppliers with so many data points across different functions that you need to you know, maintain, collect, validate, report, use to make decisions. And that's really what obsessed me is sort of, if we could solve for this, imagine the operational and financial efficiencies and the value of procurement, not just from a savings perspective, but also in having more visibility to mitigate risk and also introduce the organization to more innovation and also enable targets that we have growingly with supplier diversity, sustainability, localization, et cetera. And so that's what really um, inspired me. I spent nine years trying to kill the idea of Tealbook, mostly because I had a <laughs> successful consulting business and three kids. And I thought to myself, I'm sure it exists. I just haven't come across. So I kept looking for it. And everyone talked to me about software. And even software companies would tell us a really good digitization story uh, or a data story because they grab data through a portal and a workflow. And I just didn't right. buy into the fact that, you know, software could fix the data. And I saw a pretty crowded market competing for the same market share. And so in itself, creating more disparity into the data across customers and saw that clients don't just have a source to pay or procure to pay system. They have, you know, multiple instance of an ERP They'll have potentially a bolt-on sourcing tool, a contract management tool, a supplier risk management tool, maybe a quality system, a sustainability portal, a diversity portal, a CRM system, and the list goes on and on. And so how can you synchronize data across your system so you have a more integrated technology ecosystem mm -hmm. with data that improves? So anyway, I try to, to shake that, that idea and then four or five years ago, start hearing more and more of uh, software providers were moving to the cloud using the cloud technology as a story around digital transformation. And again, I just didn't buy into it. And at the, I knew at that point, because cloud technology was becoming more mainstream, they would be an opportunity to use big data and use technology like AI and machine learning, which is still fairly unknown to our community at that point is how can we harness data on our own? How can we, from the outside, you know, make data better as a self-enriched 
record that's self-maintained and can deliver a ton more value to the client by turning the light onto their vendor master instantly. And so, you know, the journey to get to where we are today is a little, probably we need longer than (laughs) the time on the podcast, but that was the idea. And it's really, really satisfying to see that, you know, the market is recognizing the importance of data and the the use of the technology. And unfortunately it took a crisis of global proportion but COVID was a huge accelerator to rising the importance of data because what we saw is teams who would spend millions of dollars in their technology stack, but were still quite paralyzed, not being able to have visibility into their own vendor base to know how to leverage it properly and fast enough, let alone be able to find suppliers outside that could ensure business continuity or shift in their production or provide reliable you know, PPEs that met their requirements and so on and so forth. And so we saw this huge movement to um, looking at data to enable the digital transformation and less investment in, in, in technologies uh, that are not enabled by data. So it's been a huge change in four months. We saw a huge change in the industry and how analysts are talking about this problem as well. Wow. And no no wonder people kind of laughed when you asked that question, right? It's kind of a nervous laughter because they know they need it, but they don't know how to do it. And it just sounds, you know, with each point that you were making there that it can be overwhelming, but it doesn't absolutely have to be. So obviously, you know, this episode is all about data. You know, can you talk to us about data first digital transformation? What does that mean and why is it so important um, plus, you know, how does Tealbook manage those transformations? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's often this, um, we get this apologetic sort of statement from companies who have not yet invested in technology, right? They're like, oh, my, my vendor base is so messy. We're like dinosaurs. We haven't invested in technology. And they feel like they're behind. In fact, I actually think they're ahead. Um, mm. And because when you have legacy system and you've made commitments to that, then, then it's a shift of how can I make the investment in those systems more effective? And there's a lot of you know, buy-in and there's a lot of, of, of um, legacy, right? There's, there's potentially even some technology that, that may get in the way. It's still quite easy to be able to turn the light onto your data and, and provide a dynamic uh, data stream into all your system, legacy or new system. So the barrier is not so much in the technology itself. It's quite easy to do. It's just more the journey to get there, just because you might want to be more specific about identifying the business case that you need to solve for to prove the value of having good data. And then right. by, by having quick win, you're able to then expand how you're going to integrate that data into your system and to your processes. If you're a mid-market company, who have not invested in technology yet. And we have a great customer example of that where they started with Tailbook first and that allowed them to uh, gain insight into things that they couldn't see before, right? So suddenly they have visibility into their supplier base. They know exactly how many unique suppliers they do business with, which was shockingly lower than they thought. You have a way to unify all the records across and they have a lot of disparate businesses. So we're able to unify all those records and it showed things like how many contracts they had per suppliers where some were highlighted to be incredibly high for no real good reasons than miscommunication between functions. Um, we're able to enhance with 
uh, automated classification. So they had not classified all or categorized all their spend. And so suddenly they have an automated way instead of having to do, you know, to go to a service to do that. Um, and then we're able to show pockets of suppliers who do exactly the same thing uh, by using our machine learning that look at 300 different dimensions of what, what makes a supplier similar not to one another. And so, suddenly you can look at a category where, wow, you've got 400 market research or, you know, agencies uh, or you know, you've got 600 recruiting firm. And I'm, I'm not really exaggerating. <laughs> Sometimes it's actually really high numbers. And now it's just because now you have visibility to see like, wow, we've got a lot of companies that look like they do exactly the same thing. And if you've got a strong thesis for consolidation, that that will prove to have really fast win because one, you're going to end up with a lot less suppliers than you thought you have. You may be a little embarrassed by the fact that you did not know that, but it's, it's just hard, right, to, to, to harness that information. And two, you're going to be able to identify areas where you can further consolidate and have some quick wins. Um, there's one example that I love where a CEO said that he pushed a procurement team to reduce a supply base within the calendar year by 50% from 60,000 suppliers. And then they mapped their data to Tailbook and were able to instantly show them that, in fact, they had 26,000 suppliers, not 60,000. So right away on day one, you can now go to your CEO and say, okay, we have 26,000 suppliers, not 60,000, check. And here's a strategy of how we're going to further consolidate so that we're not having duplication of effort or unnecessary duplication of suppliers. And then you can present a really strong strategy there. And so with this client, it was quite um, enlightening to see areas also where they could increase hyper-competitiveness. One of the issues is that there's a lot of complacency in some categories with employees that had been there for a long time, had pretty established relationship with suppliers, um, and they want to create hyper-competition and really help the, the business uh, source or the category managers source more, more options. And so, uh, you know, the way that they were able to roll out Tailbook is one, now they had visibility into their data, they had enhanced record, and they had a mechanism to make that data better over time. And then they rolled out, we do have a lightweight interface that um, is pretty slick and easy to use. But, but so they were able to roll out to do like basic RFI capabilities, start with COVID, they started using Tailbook to upload any documents that were provided by suppliers, able to add a filter for COVID related news, add notes, add in a news feed. So right away, the organization was able to collaborate, but they quickly outgrown some of our capabilities. Uh, if they wanted more and they did want a more robust sourcing tool, instead of pushing us to trying to build more software, what we say, there's a lot of p amazing option in the market. And so we will help you, you know, identify the best solution that meet the requirements. And then you can source that. And then once you buy your technology, you can connect it to Tailbook so that the records are instantly enhanced. It covers 100% of your suppliers. You have the same record in that system. So whoever's consuming the record will have the same uh, information. You're going to increase compliance, et cetera. So what's really interesting is now they're going through an RFP with a sourcing tool and a contract management tool. And one of the requirements in their RFP is an integration with Tailbook. And so, um, and now those providers are showing the demo of their solution with the integrations of Tailbook embedded into their demo, which is pretty exciting to us. And for the client, they very much, when they graph where Tailbook sits in their transformation, it becomes that cloud-based sort of data lake AI hub that all the analysts talk about, and they call it their single source of truth. And so that's, that's pretty exciting.
Yeah. And I was just going to say to you, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got duplication that's running into 34,000 records, I mean, you can almost just see from that one example how the impact of that duplication can have, because that's going to really create a lot of bad data. And that bad data is going to have a really big impact on business. So why don't we talk a little bit more about that? What is bad data? You know, how exactly does it impact on business? Well, to me, every decision that you make, regardless procurement or not, should be founded on information. Like all other functions are way ahead of this. Um, Yeah. And so I think, you know, Bad data is data that doesn't give you the information that you need to make decisions. And so if it's wrong information, then you're basing decisions on wrong information. That puts the organization at risk. It, you know, it, it's an impediment yeah. to making just good decisions to get good outcome. One of the things that we had done, we partner with Wakefield Research back in April. So this is in COVID days, just to un, un, sort of uncover what's the real problem. Can we put a, a dollar amount or what's the real impact. And in that study came back that 93% of supply chain and procurement executives claim to have negative impact to the business on a regular basis because of misinformation and poor data quality. And we're talking about, you know, financial loss, delayed projects or missed deadlines, unhappy customers, termination of relationship and so on and so forth. So, and the media picked up on this because they're like, this is really widespread. Like, how is it possible that this is such a systemic issue in the enterprise? And it doesn't really matter which sector you work in or how mature your organization is. No one has access to a good dynamic unified data. Um, and, and to me, it's, it's the basis of making every decision because every piece of information ties back to an organization. And if you don't know enough about that organization and you don't have all the box check and you don't know how that organization relates to others that are within your existing vendor master and outside of your vendor master, you're, you're making decisions that are blind and, and potentially quite harmful to the organization. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm so glad that you guys did that, did that study because I think that it's really, really important that, that, you know, supply chain professionals, the industry, but businesses as a whole really understand the impact of what supply chain and procurement brings to the table and what that poor data is really going to mean to them as the business level overall. So based on that research, what should companies do to address their poor supplier data? You know, I think, I think there's also maybe a way that Tealbook can help, right? (laughs) That's sort of, uh, yes. Um, of course. I mean, we, that's what we love. That's what we focused on. We made a, we made a firm commitment to not build software that was going to compete uh, with the e-procurement market, but really focus on building software that makes the data better to power it. And that shift in our positioning um, really felt like G-Force. This, is, this felt like what the market was looking for. It didn't change what we were building. We're always about aggregating all of the information that we can find to, to increase the completeness of the information about every B2B company in the world. It's one thing to start you know, building the completeness of that record, but it's also about improving quality and the accuracy of that data which in the past, a lot of skepticism around how technology can do that because the old technology couldn't do it. Uh, you really needed human 
intervention or human eyes. Now you can combine the human side of things, um, but you can't do that at scale. That's, that, that's when it becomes really difficult and expensive and data becomes stale so fast because you need to stay on top of all the changing information about your supply base that now changes really daily and multiple level that the service side of it can do it at scale. But if you can combine that with the ability to use machine learning to create models that understand how you can make that more predictable, more accurate, improve the quality, you now have trusted data at scale, which is really, really powerful. And that's really what we focused on. We have now, you know, we look at 400 million different data sources. Um, we've got 4 million, just over 4 million universal, what we call universal supply record that our clients can use to connect to their system. They can use it through directly in our interface if they have business cases. Uh, that could be for analytics, if they want some reporting capabilities, if they want to use our search engine as a standalone. Uh, but the value of Tailbook is to be able to integrate that record into any of your legacy or digital solution so that you have co continuously an updated uh, record of the suppliers without relying on humans to do it because humans are not overly reliable at scale. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's a simple way of doing that, right? You guys are just an add on and to, to what they're currently doing. And I think from the discussions that I've had, it's a fairly easy integration. Is that right? Yeah. And when I think of the options that clients have, and this is conversations I have with CPOs all the time, is you've got four options, right? Do nothing. This is not a great option. You can continue investing in software plus service and hope that over time between services and having a portal and mapping data through your systems, it's going to get better. The unfortunate part there is that you're now stuck with those systems. So you can't change, you know, and upgrade your technology stack as quickly as you could if you didn't, were not sort of, um, sort of in a way kind of slave to your system for data. Um or some are really ambitious. We're hearing this more and more, and some, unfortunately, some uh, consultants are supporting this, uh, probably because the investment required in doing this is probably quite lucrative, is to be able to, to if you're wanting to build this yourself. And so we're hearing companies now, we're building data lakes, you know, pretty proud of hiring data scientists. That means they have to uh, get consensus on their data governance. They have to build a data infrastructure. They have to probably buy and supplement data as well if they want. Um, they still need to rely on service because you can't do machine learning on bad data. So you still need to figure out how to get good data. It's a massive undertaking uh, that is probably bound to fail because, again, you know the way that we even the way that we 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 lead or, or Jeff or CTO manages the data team is very different than the other team. These are more academic, almost projects um, that has a win rate that's debatable. Like we don't know until we actually start a machine learning uh, model, if the model is going to work. And so having really smart people, having, you know, letting them build these sort of projects, it's just a very, very different way of leading. If you don't have that experience, you know, and, and you don't know what good looks like in machine learning, that may be also another trap that's, that's hard to, uncouple if it doesn't work out. Or right. as a fourth option, you can buy a supplier data platform out of the box, connect it to your vendor master, turn the light on, and suddenly you have instantly, you have a self-enriched, self-maintained, self-validated, self-distributed record 
that um, you just plug in and will continuously improve the quality and the accuracy of your data at scale. So, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased being a CEO of Tealbook, but I would think it's a, it's a bit of a no brainer. And I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I've, I've liked the concept ever since you and I got together a couple of years ago to talk about what you were doing. So you've, you've spoken about how COVID-19 has had a huge impact on all of us, specifically your customers, what that's really done to, you know, drive forward the message of how important um, a partner like Tealbook is not only to the supply chain community, but also to the business community as well. But as Tealbook itself, how have you addressed the supply chain crisis? What have you been doing to thrive as a business and support the wider industry? Yeah. So one thing that we did right away was, uh, and that's the credit to my team. They're like, how can we help? This is, you know, this, we could just predict how disrupted supply chain was going to be globally. Actually, I don't think we could even imagine in the first week what the impact was going to be on supply chain worldwide across every industry, positive or negative, you had to deal with some big changes between, you know, your production is now impacted because your employees don't want to come to work because you don't have PPEs to not having suppliers because maybe they're located in China or Italy and they couldn't produce, uh, they can ship their, their goods, um, you know, to you or, um, or you need to cut back, instantly your spend by 20 or 40%, which meant having visibility into who and where you could, you could cut back to, you know, shifting your production to make PPEs and finding supplies you never sourced before. I mean, the use cases for COVID were, you know, they're probably, if you, if, if once you look at it, it's probably 10 most common use cases that we saw, but our, what our team did incredibly well is offering the market uh, the ability to provide a supplier list for any organization in the private or public sector that had a disrupted supply chain. So across any category, they could come to us, fill in uh, a form, and our team were going to send them. We didn't even have them log into Tillbook. We just did it for them, provided, did a similar supplier search based on what they're looking for, export that list with the contact information, with the company, with all the 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 the, the attributes that they needed so that they could pivot uh, fast enough. We ended up helping 170 organizations in the first three weeks. Like it was wow. overwhelming. Like these are organizations, like the ones that we can mention, you know, we landed the UK from them reaching out to onboarding them and giving them access to 60,000 PPE manufacturers that are ISO certified outside of China with all the attributes and the contact information. We did that in 72 hours and they actually wow. access Tailbook directly uh, we helped Brooks Brothers identify all the suppliers for raw ingredients to make N95 masks that met the requirements, and they were able to uh, shift their production and produce over 100,000 N95 masks in record time. Um, and the list goes on. And so that was really that really empowered our team. Frankly, I think every everyone felt super energized about something that we did that really helped the community. Um, so that was pretty powerful. And then very quickly after. No Black Lives Matter happened, and so we looked at other ways that we could help. We we looked to our African American employees and asked them, like, how can we support this cause? And so we ended up providing access to all African American certified suppliers in Tailbook. There's quite a few thousands of them, so uh, making those suppliers available to our customers. And what ended up happening is a lot of organizations came to us to get their baseline for supplier diversity. 
Uh, we have we have a one-click supplier diversity reporting that meets all the requirements of each organization based on what they, they recognize to be small and diverse. So that's been a really powerful way to show organization improvement of 20 to 300% against what they thought they have. And also a lot of retailers came to us because supplier diversity is not historically been a requirement. It's not like they're selling to government or nonprofits or they're getting federal funding, but now their consumers, their customers were asking, you know, to have uh, the data so that they had their baseline and they could, they could communicate to the market that they had a supply chain that reflect their consumer base. So all of these things just really empowered our team that we could help. And obviously, you know, you know, the, the return has been accelerating, you know, we grew a pipeline, more than double, like by 225% in the first few weeks. And these are all organizations that were just looking for uh, information so that they could respond fast enough to the changes that, you know, was inflicted by COVID. Amazing. And you were able to make an impact and a difference during a time where, you know, everybody really wanted to see that. And uh, you were able to support your customers and those looking to support that, you know, cause to really be able to make that magic happen. So final question before we go, what are some of the biggest lessons Tealbook has learned from the crisis? Just, you know, I, I don't hope that your technology will solve your data problem. Like look for a really strong data strategy, adopt a supplier data platform, uh, find mechanism that not only improves the quality of your data, but gives access to your team so that they can feel empowered by having information, even if it's just to your procurement team, that they can respond and they can be more of service in some ways to the business and add value faster. Um you know, I mean, information, as we know, in every core of our lives is, is so important and, and not having that visibility, access to data is just a really big setback for uh, teams. And so if you want to energize your team, you want to attract the best talent, you want your team not just to cope and go back to business as usual, but look at the future as an opportunity to make real changes and really speak when you're talking about agility and resiliency that you have the tools and you have the data to empower them. And also, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, contingency planning and, um, and, and just a lot of plans, but if you don't have the data to execute on that plan, it's just a plan. <laughs> and so yeah. you don't want to rely on expensive services to be able to find information. You want to be able to impact in that conversation with the business based on what they're looking for or the changes that are happening in the market and be way ahead of it. And if you want to empower your employees, um, ultimately, there's an opportunity that procurement can really focus on value add and strategic tasks and let employees have access to the information that they need, especially if it's supplies that are already under contract, having more context and relevance and information based on what these suppliers do, the value that they're providing to the organization, um, how you know they relate to one another can be a really powerful way to drive more consolidation if that's the goal, uh, where it needs to be, leveraging the suppliers that are adding value to the organization and letting employees just make faster and better decisions. And that Wakefield study, what we saw um, was two data points that are pretty shocking. One, that it takes up to four days to update a simple record, like a single record of a supplier in your system. And 21 days on average to validate and onboard that supplier. So once you've done, you've run the RFP or you've run the process, you have chosen the supplier you want to do business with, 
And I would debate that that's actually probably pretty fast compared to some processes that are in place on board suppliers. And if you need your, your business stakeholder, if, you, if the organization needs you to react really fast, you don't get in the way. You need to find ways to enable the business to do that without putting the organization at risk, without creating duplication, without you know also losing any sort of monetary value out of those relationships. But you can do this with data. And so I, you know, the biggest lesson learned is just don't depend on your technology. Your technology is important. Um, I love Chris Soshuk's analogy. Uh, if you know Chris Soshuk from the Hackett Group, he has a picture of the Iron Man in, in all of his slide deck. And he talk about technology being Iron Man's like bodysuit and how he makes himself more powerful with the with with his um, armor. But Iron Man would not be powerful without his arc reactor. I'm being a bit Marvel geeky right now, but right. you know what fuels the technology, you know, then it's just, a, it's just metal. It's just, or whatever. It's just a, it's just a suit. But if you can combine the two, you can feed it with data and you have the technology stack suddenly like you're taking procurement function and your employees to a whole other level. And that's what I hope for procurement is that, you know, the time has come to change. The solutions are available and just, you know, give, look at, look at the option, look at your data strategy and take action. So true and very well said. So as data-driven brainstormers with serious entrepreneurial spirit and a commitment to revolutionizing how companies work together, Tealbook consistently wows clients and creates dynamic B2B communities for Fortune 1000 brands and innovators. For more information about Tealbook, check out their website at tealbook.com. That's T-E-A-L book.com. Thank you to Stephanie for joining me on the show today. It's so important to learn from our experience to drive that good data. And I can't wait for you to share more of the lessons you've learned from crisis with us here at Let's Talk Supply Chain. Don't forget to join us again next week for episode two of our Lessons Learned from Crisis mini-series in partnership with Tealbook. Thanks so much, Stephanie, for being here. Thanks, Sarah, for having me.